out to my Patreon subscribers. You guys support each and every month, whether the episode is on time, whether it's early, whether it's extra material, you guys support. And I just want to tell y'all, I truly appreciate y'all. The list is too long, but you guys know who you are. You stuck around from the inception, from episode zero all the way up until 200. And we're going to keep on rocking now. So I want to say shout out to y'all. This episode got a lot ahead in regards to the NBA playoffs. If y'all don't know, I'm a huge sports nerd, sports fan. NBA is one of my favorite sports. So we're definitely going to break down some of those series so far. It was a great weekend of sports overall. Hopefully you guys got a chance to see Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia fight. Ended a lot earlier or, or actually it ended when Javante predicted and incredible incredible knockdown man that that gut punch those liver punches i don't know if y'all ever been in a fight but it shuts down everything if, if you could tell ryan garcia was bleeding from his nose uncontrollably and just throws off your equilibrium man you just got to know when to take a knee he took the knee ryan garcia was nothing but a sportsman when it comes to taking the l on the chin he knew he was in there with the champion i never doubted javante for a second i mean People don't give him a lot of credit for how technical he is and how cerebral he is as a boxer. And this is just coming from a casual fan watching all of his latest fights. So hopefully he gets to see Devin Haney or Shakur. And I don't know the inner workings of boxing like that. And that's kind of why I've become a casual fan is because the best don't see the best when they're in their prime. It's always some extra nonsense going on. So that's kind of why I've moved away from the sport of boxing as a whole. I just come in like a casual and watch for the big fights. It did live up to the hype. I got to applaud Ryan Garcia for going out there in the second round and trying to take it to Tank. I personally would have not rushed in there until maybe in the mid rounds to kind of see if I can pick my spots. But he went in early. He had the courage to do it and he got knocked down, got right back up. Applaud him for that. But after that, I knew it was all downhill from there. Very exciting fight, nevertheless. So I'm not mad if I see a part two based on how much these guys made in this fight. I don't think that Devin Haney or Shakur are the ones that get in the ring next. So we'll see, man. I'm hoping to see it. Hoping boxing continues to to trend upwards. You know, what a fight by Javante. And he cemented his legacy for real with that one. But. Wouldn't it be even greater if by the end of the year he fights one of those two guys that I mentioned? But boxing, get it right, man. So us casuals can come back to the sport and, and get into it. So let's get into the NBA, man. Uh, amazing, amazing weekend. Like I said, just finished watching the Heat go up 3-1 against the Bucks. I got to believe, and hear, hear me out, y'all. Hear me out. Giannis, I know he was hurt. Missed game three. I got to believe with the Bucks being the one seed and, and being very confident that they can beat the Heat. They sat him in game three. He couldn't go. I get it. They assumed they were going to get that win. They did not get that win. They were up the entire game. And then out of nowhere, Jimmy Buck is just goes off in the fourth. And I'm in complete shock and awe because this is a championship team with most of its pieces back, you typically don't see a team like this fall apart in the Bucks. And I mean, everybody, Middleton, like had one of the most horrible games I've ever seen him play. And he's very solid defensively, but he could do nothing to Jimmy. 
you know, and then it almost didn't matter who was on Jimmy Butler. Like, so the playoff Jimmy Buckets, man, is something to behold and something we got to appreciate. I think that that might have been the single best performance I've seen by anybody in a Heat uniform. Like, it was just mind-blowing how he takes it to another level in the playoffs and he doesn't do it during the season and it, it pisses me off so much that Jimmy doesn't do this throughout the season because... I believe that the Heat would be in a far better position as far as seeding. And but maybe these guys don't really care. And they've been too into deep runs as far as the Heat, Coach Eric Spolstra, and just having two championships behind them and having a guy like Jimmy in the bubble going to the championship. I gotta believe that they just don't care. But I still I'm old school, man. I value being able to say if push came to shove, you never know what's going to happen. I'll get into a lot of the injuries that have been occurring around the NBA. And I spoke to that last week, but staying with the heat in the Bucks, you know, I just got to believe that the Bucks took this for granted, man. They really took this for granted. And it was just mind blowing to me to see how they would lose such focus going down there. Drew Holiday, a lot of just uncharacteristic turnovers and I'm, I'm just sitting there shaking my head like this cannot be happening in that crowd in Miami, which I typically give Miami crowds shit because you always see the empty seats in the arena. They, they were loud. It sounded like Madison Square Garden in there, man. And, and they were rocking out there in New York. Like it, it's I mean, what 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 what's happening? Like we may actually get a throwback series with the Heat versus the Knicks. And I've got to say, as a Knicks fan, even though they're up 3-1 against the Bucks, this is a great draw for the Knicks if both teams close it out. But before I get to the Knicks and possibly the Heat playing each other in the second round, y'all let me know what y'all think. Are the Bucks going to come back from this 3-1 deficit? Do you guys have enough i think i i have enough faith i picked the bucks to win this series in five clearly that can't happen now you know if you're a mathematician right but however i still am not betting against mr game seven Giannis antetokounmpo himself in these bucks i gotta believe they get it together i think they win game five they're gonna blow Miami off the court in game five. I don't think it's even close. Jimmy, historically, he hasn't put too many back-to-back games like this in the playoffs together, but they have their rest, and, you know, they play again on on Wednesday here, so we'll we'll see what happens. We see what happens, but I don't think he, he comes back with two games like that. I think they give it the old college try, so to speak, and yeah, I just think they come back to Miami and then that game will be close. That game will be close. It would tell me everything I need to see in regards to what happens moving forward. But I think it definitely comes back for a game six. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried about the I'm worried about the Bucks. I'm worried about the Bucks. And Giannis, this will be one of the most epic one seed losing to an seed in that I can that I can remember outside of the Sean Kemp and Gary Payton led with Seattle Supersonics against the Denver Nuggets way back in, in the 
in the 90s, that's got to be the the other one that really sticks out to me in terms of like, I definitely did not see that series going that way, but we'll see. But back to the Knicks and the Cavs, I, I got to believe like as a Knicks fan, I'm scary right now. I don't want to beat my chest quite yet. I typically would talk a lot of noise, but I just don't got it in me, man. I just want to see the Knicks finish the job. We haven't been to the second round in years. We haven't been a more dominant looking team in the series in forever. So just listen, I'm one of those Knicks fans that's not going to be outside of the garden going crazy, screaming F Mitchell or none of that. I just don't have it in me. I'm scary. I'm scary. I just this team is good and I'm not used to it. I'm not used to having good things, people. So. I think that we go and close it out in Cleveland because I think we have the guys to do that. The rest in between game four and five will do Julius Randle wonders. What I will say about Julius Randle is I, I got to say that this guy's on a bum ankle, man. And, and I think everybody seems to forget that and his game isn't quite where it needs to be. He came back to start the playoffs, so I gotta shout out the captain t- for that. Like, it takes a lot of courage for guys to come back. Especially, I gotta, I gotta give him props, especially when a lot of other guys are missing games when they possibly can play. Like, I know guys want to go, but they being advised to sit, and that's that's running rampant throughout the playoffs. You see, John Morant just came back, but nevertheless, his team is losing. But let's let's let me keep it here with the Knicks and the Cavs. Our big men have been bullying. When I say Harkenstein and Mitchell have been bullying the big men of the Cavs, I could have never predicted that because of the Cavs' defense being number one rated. But it just goes to show you that when I was telling everybody that, look, the Knicks beat them 3-1 throughout the series, and I watched damn near every Knicks game. When they played the Cavs, it just seems like we were the better team on the floor each and every time. And I know a lot of people say, hey, the season series doesn't really matter. And it's the Knicks. And, it, and I, know, I know it's cool. You know, have your fun. Joke about the Knicks. We've given you a lot to joke about over the course of the years. And for you not to be a believer. But I got to believe that this Jalen Brunson thing and 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 Julius Randle just now coming back. He's due for a game. He hasn't had a game in this series yet. And we're going to need to ride the big fella all the way to the second round. And I, I got to believe that happens. I just think that we we have to play steady because these guys are fighting for their, their playoff lives. And I don't think Donovan Mitchell or Garland, who was heating up in that second half, who I almost thought was going to bring them home and even the series up. But luckily, you know, we took back over and, and, and won the game off of just just timely, timely defensive plays by heart. Jalen Brunson, like they they were going at it. And then a much, much needed revelation of a game being a, a guy in R.J. Barrett, like a game. I'm saying a game, but I'm just saying the guy's game just came back. That's what I'm trying to say is he was in the last few playoff games that he's been a part of. He's just hasn't been there. But for this one right here, man. I love what the home cooking did and I like what it's going to do moving forward. I like the fact that he keeps his head down and he continues to play well. So yeah, Knicks, Knicks are going to the second round regardless. I, you know, I think that they lose in Cleveland and come back and close it out in game six. I always said Knicks and six in this, in this series. And I think it does, it, it stays that way. But that Cavs team that I saw in New York just, just looked like they didn't have it. And 
I, I got to believe that Jalen Brunson and those guys are going to be hungry to close out. And what he, the experience that Jalen Brunson got in Dallas, he's bringing that to New York. And I think that that will help catapult us to ultimately win this series and possibly win it in five. <sighs> Man, Kings Warriors, this is one of those, those series is tied and it's been exciting throughout. Uh, Fox is now injured going into game five. I think he'll play in that. The kid is an Iron Man, but man, what a epic, epic, epic loss. The same thing that I gave them a lot of props for in game one to where they did not look like a young team and would screw up anything. Game two, you know, they won on their home floor, but particularly game one when you thought, Golden State was going to be able to pull it out when they gave you, when they just kind of simply don't fold. You know what I mean? Golden State will keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, and you will have to make the mistake, but they didn't in game one. But game four, it, it came back to haunt them, and I was just like, man, if if there's any game that you point to in this series, you're going to point to game four because now anything can happen. Now you have to face this injury of Fox. What if he's not the same? You know what I mean? I I don't know. Can you ride that crowd? Can Sabonis lead you in, in this instant? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I don't know. This, this, this series is a toss-up at this point based on how the game is being played. But again, I want to remind you guys, I had Golden State winning this in six. And I'm right there with my prediction. I'm sticking to it. I just think that that game for a loss ultimately will not bode well for, for the Kings. At this moment, Memphis Lakers, they're playing right now. Grizz and the Lakers. And I, I got to say, man, this, I don't know about y'all, but I'll just say this about this Grizzly team this year in the playoffs as currently constructed without, without Steven Adams. They just look really I won't say average. They just look like they ain't got it. They ain't got it. Like, I don't feel like this is a team that has enough to beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis if they're both relatively healthy on this floor. I said it will go seven. I very well think it'll, it'll go seven still. But just looking at the way this this game four is unraveling, if the Lakers go ahead and get game game four here, yeah, you can you can cancel Christmas. This thing is over in six. Might be even over in five. So I'm worried. I'm worried about what happens with Memphis moving forward because this was one of those years they were supposed to kind of make a deep run. And I get it for the injuries. And we knew Steven Adams was going to mean something, but I didn't know it was going to be this big to not be able to get past the Lakers or, or make it a more of a, a compelling series. It just looks like they're missing something. And I don't know what that something is. But there's also some disappointments going on when I'm watching the the Suns Clippers, the four five matchup and, and yeah, the Suns are up three one. And it just seems like this is practice right now for the Suns just to get their cohesion together as a team. You got the MIDI gang and CP three Booker and Kevin Durant. Like they are hitting some very, very tough shots. And it, I, I'm like, yo, I, my mind is blown. Like, how long could you keep this up? Would it be a point to where these things just don't go in? But 
it, it's not seeming like that to be the case. And I got to give the Clippers that are on the floor, in particular, Russell Westbrook, their props, man. They are playing their hearts out. But, I mean, when you got three future Hall of Famers on the court against you in relatively good health and two of your future Hall of Famers are not on there, I mean, if, if this was evenly matched, I got to say I'd, I'd have some heartburn with making a decision on who, who wins this series. But right now, you know, moving forward for the Clippers, because this is ultimately over for them when they head back to Phoenix, I think Steve Ballmer got to figure out a way to abort this PG-13 and Kawhi experiment. The reason being is I feel for those guys because I know if they could be out there and they weren't injured, they would be out there. Like, they don't appear to be those type of guys, well, outside of Kawhi. But even though he low manages, he's one of the only guys that I give a pass to that because when he when he's in there during the playoffs and he's healthy, he's always the best guy on the floor no matter who he's up against. Like, he's causing havoc. So, but it, it has to end. I think he could get something for both PG-13 and, and Kawhi. Like, people are still going to pay for those guys in hopes that maybe this doesn't happen to me. So, let's see. Let's see what it is. Let's go go out there. I mean, this the Clipper curse might be real, real thing, but... It might be time to break this thing up and, and go get guys that are available. You can get a superstar for a superstar. What superstar that is, you tell you tell y'all tell me. But I gotta believe that they could they can pull something back. But this thing this thing has to end because it is just unfortunate that out of the three years these guys have been together, they've only been together for the bubble experience. That's it. Other than that. You you, ha you haven't seen these guys on the floor to truly, truly, truly see if they can make a run. And that's the one of the things that's just so sad about the whole entire situation. Timberwolves, Nuggets, 3-1. I, I really think for the Timberwolves' sake that uh, you have to move Carl Anthony Towns at, at a certain point. Like, he's one of the, the best big men in the league. Don't get me wrong. He can score from anywhere on the court that you ask him to score but I think this is Anthony Edwards' team. He's the guy. But I gotta wonder if Rudy Gobert or Rudy Gobert or call Anthony Towns. No, Anthony Edwards is the guy. I, f I, f I don't I don't quite see it because he doesn't typically get featured the entire game. Like I think that ball <laughs> needs to be in Anthony Edwards' hand. He needs to be the first option to get himself going each and every game. Like that's, that's Conley's job or whoever the point guard is, is to let him cook and get going because clearly at his young age, he can go. And honestly, this thing could quite possibly be two, two. I want to say game three, you know, or, or game, no, was it game two? It's game two or three where Anthony Edwards went off, but it, this could have been two, two. If, if, if Edwards was on the entire game. So so we'll see. We'll see how this ends up. I, I think it's 4-1 easy going back to Denver. But next year, there has to be a little bit of changes there because they made this change for this defensive presence and, and Rudy. And it just, 
you know, and he's out playing cat too. So, but we'll, we'll see what happens next year because it's it's one two three Cancun for the Timberwolves early. Hawks Celtics, there's nothing to talk about there. Celtics will close out when they go home. The Johnson Murray suspended for Game Five on whatever happened between he and the ref. There's no video of it whatsoever, but I gotta believe it was pretty egregious if they're gonna take him out Game Five. So truly. Truly feel like Trey Young has to take the next step this year. He really didn't. And I, there's something there's something missing from his game. Ever since that Knicks series where in that, that deep run that they made to the Eastern Conference Finals, when he was playing any team that was actually good and competent as far as a total team and or possibly favored, he hasn't shown up in the same way. So this 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 next year is everything for him, man. Like he has to go back into the lab and his back has to get a little bit more deeper. And I've been saying it for a while. He needs to move off the ball. And I need to I need to see Murray being the primary ball handler because let's be honest, Trey Young is the better scorer. And I think that would be the best fit for them going into next year. They'll have a full year under Quinn Snyder. And he's a hell of a coach from his Utah Jazz days. So I got to believe with a full year, he will have the ability to shape the roster and change the culture there. So I, I love I, I love what they're doing in terms of Atlanta moving forward. They have some pieces. I just think that they quite don't fit as currently constructed. But this offseason is going to be very important in Atlanta. All right, moving on from the NBA. Let's get into some music. Jim Jones can't seem to just keep my man pushing T's name out of his mouth. That that top 50 list a couple weeks ago just continued to run legs. He went on the Breakfast Club, started talking about it, really kind of was adamant about it. And I, I enjoy those type of conversations. So regardless of what I like, Pusha T and I like Jim Jones, I like Drake. I like all of these people involved that names that have been brought up in this whole this whole ordeal. People are saying Jim Jones just wants that Drake feature and is is on his nuts and all this other stuff because of that. I don't really get into that. I don't even have a top fifty list. I'm I love hip hop. I love rap music like through and through. But part of the reason I don't have a top fifty list is I don't fucking care to sit down and make a top fifty list. I almost guarantee you I will never do it as much as I love music because I don't want to put that much thought into it. I like a lot of guys. You know, there's a lot of guys that come to my my mind, you know, my top 10, top 20, whatever the case may be. I can I can give you I can give you that. I can write that down. But 50, a little, a little bit too much, a little bit too much. I would never get into that. I never even thought about whether Pusha T's in my top 50. He's one of my favorite rappers right now, actively over the last 10 years, actually. So I, but I got to believe that. Jim Jones is entitled to his opinion and, and what he's saying is overall cultural impact and the things that he's talking about with Pusha T. It just depends on what you you deem as cultural impact for Pusha T. You know what I mean? Like longevity is the thing for me that's impactful, you know, but that that's not what Jim Jones was painting as his narrative. So if that's his narrative, let it be his narrative. But to say that he can't speak on it because he doesn't have a certain place in hip hop lyrically for all the lyrical, spiritual, miracle people out there. I mean, you can't say that because if you are listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you are avid music and hip hop head. 
You talk about it. You have these conversations with your homies. We always want these guys to put a name on it and say some shit when they're asked a question. And then when they say it, it's like, oh, he's hating. Oh, he's not. I don't think Jim Jones is hating at all. I think he's having an honest conversation just like you and I would have with our boys about who's in the top 50 or how we feel about a particular player who who gets all the accolades like an Aaron Rodgers, but only won one championship. He has wild stats out there to support being a great quarterback. He's done a lot of winning, but when winning time actually comes, has he really won? Those those are similar conversations I have with my homies that some may say I'm out of my mind to talk about Aaron Rodgers like that. And not, I feel like I'm justified. You know what I mean? Just it's like a what have you done for me lately? Again, Jim Jones is not everybody's cup of tea as far as his solo catalog outside of Dipset, you know. But here's the thing. I have been on this podcast as recent as this year and last year. I believe specifically it was last year, within the last two years. It was like a Harry Fraud project. I really, I think it was in my top 10 of the year from Jim Jones. So I can't be a hypocrite and say Jim Jones hasn't been making no dope music that I've been enjoying. And people, I've saw that narrative too, that Jim Jones has gotten better over the course of the years. But the second he says something about the beloved Pusha T or one of the guys that everybody deems is one of the, the better, you know, drug dealing oriented rappers once he says something about him because everybody knows Pusha T's pen is is what it is nobody's disputing that oh he can't say nothing he absolutely can it is what it is I just hope that this story doesn't have any more legs whatsoever but I'm, I'm I feel I feel where Jim's coming from I don't agree with it but I definitely can get where he's coming from because I can I can go talk to a casual listener and I get it that's that's not what the top 50 list is for, but when you talk about top 50, you talk about top 10s, top 20s, or any of these these lists that continuously get us riled up and talking about it like we do, it's always talking about everything involved. It's not just being good in one particular part of how you rap. It's about the overall aspect of what you what you brought to the game, the intangibles. It's about the lyrics, of course. It's about the bodies of work. It's about cultural impact. It's all of that. And I got to say, when I'm talking to certain people, they not bringing up Pusha T, man. They not bringing up Jim Jones either. It just is what it is. Pusha T is one of my guys. They all know who Pusha T is. But I can probably say if I hit up 10 of my friends, five that are super duper still into the music and five that aren't, I got to say, Maybe 30% of them are going to put Pusha T in their in their top 10. It just is what it is, man. I respect Pusha. He's one of my guys, but I respect what Jim is saying. New music out. This is just some stuff that I actually listen to and stuff that I'm trying to get through. So I'll get you the first two. So Swiss Beats, Hip Hop 50, Volume 2. That came out last weekend. I wasn't really going to check it out until I heard a snippet of the little Wayne feature. And then I was like, okay, this, this shit sounds kind of hard. So I'm interested. Let me see. Let me see what's on this thing. And man, was I pleasantly surprised a little bit of the young, a little bit of the old on here. Fabio Florence on here. This is probably one of the only songs on there. I didn't like everything else on here. It's a sick track EP run away with Nas. That, that song is really dope. 
hearing him on a Swizz, Swizz beat, you know, it, I mean, just Nas is just sounding refined, man. It just doesn't matter what he hops on nowadays, whether it's Hit Boy or anybody else. He's just killing shit. That second verse where he was talking about his daughter not kind of being the father he wanted to be while he's been out here chasing whatever he's been chasing as far as just his 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 music and other things like that one was I like I like when artists kind of bring it back to stuff that's happening in their life and especially as a lead off to an EP track so that that was fire Lil Wayne Swizz this shit right here it's a dope track I like it for the summer not a whole lot of bars in there typical Wayne shit some witty shit some you know, things that are a little bit, I would say, elementary in terms of bars. No disrespect to them, but yeah, I could tell what this is for. This is for the summer. This is for the club. This is, you know, more of an up-tempo thing. And I, I like what him and Swizz are doing as far as the chemistry. I think I was listening to Joe Budden podcast and Ice mentioned something on there in regards to just Wayne and Swizz locking in to do a project together. And I got to say, I, I'm kind of with that right now, you know, I think they would sound great together. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully that happens. Take them out. Jada Kiss, Benny the Butcher. That one is a heater right there. Like Kiss went off on there. It looks like, it sounds like Benny's verse got cut off for some reason or another. I'm not sure. Y'all let me know on that one, but that one, that one's fire. Say Less, Lil Dirk, A Boogie with the hoodie. <laughs> Dirk, Dirk went off on there. He had the one Jay-Z line basically, you know, talking about how Jay really can't tell him to stop doing whatever he needs to do in regards to being into the streets. It, it was a funny line how he set it up, but yeah, I think Dirt spaz on, on that, on that track. And then Jay Electronica closes it out with, with Callis, if I'm saying that right. So that's a solo joint with him. He was addressing haters like myself in, in regards to him dropping his first solo project with Hove. Call it hate all y'all want. I still feel how I feel about your first album coming out with Hove. It's not jealousy or anything like that. I'm not, well, now I can't say I'm not a rapper because y'all know I do music as well, but it's not even that. It's like, damn, like your first project, Hove on the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like what, it's not what makes him special. It's just like, damn, like most artists want a first project to be about them and getting their story out there to see what type of artist they're going to be. And I feel like we as fans still don't feel that way, but we took, we took J, new J electronica and enjoyed it. And I got to say it did age. Well, the project did age. Well, I was listening to it a couple of weeks ago and I, and I still enjoy it. Got my little hate. He got my favorite rapper on it. So how could I be mad at the project? But I mean, if I'm going to give it a knock and a critique, that that's it. You know what I mean? So y'all go check check out Hip Hop 50 Volume 2 with Swiss Beats. Some great production on there. I've always enjoyed Swiss's production. But I wanted to give my project of the weekend that dropped Damo Genesis and The Alchemist. If y'all don't know, Damo Genesis, formerly of Our Future, or he started off with Our Future. So you'll see features on here by Tyler, the creator, Earl Sweatshirt. You got Smoke Diz on here, Freddie Gibbs. You got, uh, what's the elimination? I think it's Elimination Chamber. Vince Staples is on this thing. Action Bronson's on this thing. So that that's the standout track for me. Then I'm going to go to Power Ballad. Somewhere Till Angels Come with Freddie Gibbs. Like, these features on here all smoked it. 
I'm still in a trance with Alchemist Beats right now. He's he's going on a hell of a run with projects. He's been dropping back to back to back. I really, really enjoy it, man. I don't know if I'm just into that vibe right now, but I truly enjoy what he's doing. He just dropped last month Larry June, The Great Escape. Y'all go check that out if y'all haven't. Y'all can throw The Great Escape on and then go listen to Damo Genesis, No Idols, back to back. And the production is different. Fits both artists and y'all will be fans because of it. You know what I mean? It it made me listen to Damo Genesis and I haven't listened to him quite some time. So that that's kind of just telling you how like solid production in in a direction definitely it gets you into an artist. Sometimes it's not really just the artist being bad. It's just you know you don't connect with the production. Sometimes it's such a marriage, man, in this music, but. I definitely rock with the Damo Genesis. So y'all go check that out. No idols. Last but not least. Lloyd Banks, the course of the inevitable pieces of my pain. Before, before I start copping a plea. Certain people have earned. If you've been with this podcast for a while, you know. I'll say sweat equity <laughs> with me a lot. I, I use that a lot in life. Meaning that if you have. A great product, even if you deliver a few bad products or I may not like the whole project all the time, you delivered so much in your career. I'm going to come back to it and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. So if I run through the project the first time and I don't necessarily feel it, sometimes I'm listening to everything else. And that's how it happened with this project. I literally listened to the Damo Genesis first. Then I listened to the Swiss Beats projects like I was talking about earlier. Then I came to Lloyd Banks and it just didn't connect with me. Maybe I, you know, my attention span, like most listeners, it's, it's not that that good unless I have some drives and stuff like that to, to really zone out and listen to music. I could tell you I'm often not in my studio just listening to music from other artists like that's just not happening unless I'm playing the PlayStation 5. But as I'm listening to it, I'm like, yo, this is just not it. As I get through maybe the first eight songs, I think I got to the song LSD with Vado. And I was like, yeah, I'm cool. Um, 101 Raises with Method, man. Man, that was God awful. I didn't, I didn't like that at all. So, you know, I'm just kind of I'm trying to get through it and, you know, let you guys know before I, I cut record on the podcast today. I was listening to Automatic Pilot. With Davies and Votto, that sounded tough. Red Alert with Tony Ayo on 38 Special, that sounded tough. So again, it may pick up on the second half. All I'm saying is the first half, I, you know, I was a little disappointed. I listened to the second half, and those are the songs that stood out. I got to give it a, a, a full listen of my undivided attention, and then I'll let y'all know from there. But I just wasn't feeling it from the onset. And... We'll see where you go from there. I'll get to it when I get to it. I'm going to keep enjoying the music that I'm enjoying. And that's really the reason why I haven't reviewed a lot of projects moving on to just outside of the music this year is because I just want to get back to interviewing artists, music that I enjoy when the time allows for it with our schedules. And I also want to review the projects that I actually like because doing this, that means I don't have to really study anything. I just have to listen to it and enjoy it and tell y'all what I like about it from my perspective and not treat it as a chore. So 
I'll get to the banks when I get to the banks. If I like it at some point or another, maybe you hear about it in my year end wrap up or my mid year wrap up on, on things that I like. Maybe you won't, but Lloyd Banks is an incredible rapper, always has been. He's traded in the punchlines a long time ago for kind of being a more balanced rapper right now, and that's what he's doing. And, you know, more power to him. It's not whack by no means. It's just it, it didn't move me in in the first listen. But I'll, I'll get back to it at some point or another. So that's the episode. Y'all definitely go check me out on YouTube. Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. You know, DSC you know, podcast.com. That's where you can listen to it. Doesn't matter where you're at. You know, you don't have to have us on your Apple podcast, Spotify. You can listen straight from our link, dscpodcast.com. So don't sleep underscore net is the Twitter handle. That's where you can catch me on there. I got some, some really cool shit coming up in regards to, you know, having some producers come on and having different people come on like that to do our thing and, and have, conversation so y'all stay tuned i got another podcast dropping this week uh, nfl draft is this week so my man Prez is gonna make his return and and kind of get us up to speed on what's happening with the draft what we're looking at from certain teams in our division and yeah man so i'm you know i'm, I'm excited for that one man i there's a lot of rumors going on coming out of philadelphia i'm an eagles fan so y'all already know how that podcast is gonna go man so y'all y'all stay tuned it is going to drop this week and i will hit y'all up on social media and let y'all know but make sure you go follow don't sleep underscore net twitter instagram tiktok find us on all those platforms